that was much more complicated five, ten years ago, that you had to basically contact a guy, get a merch and then invest some kind of money. Now the only thing you need is just your computer and you can start selling anything you want in any place in the world. By just having an idea, you can test it. If it's not going to work, okay, lost your time. If it works, we can scale up to, I don't know, a thousand items as you wish. There's no shortage of e-commerce companies popping up everywhere you look, especially in the U.S., where the culture of having a side hustle is making more and more people into entrepreneurs. Most of those companies sell products, and a lot of them also create or sell merch. That's where Printful comes into the picture. Printful offers on-demand printing and dropshipping so that companies of all shapes and sizes can design and deliver customized products all over the world. But according to Radis Purins, the head of marketing at Printful, that's not the main aspect of the company that has allowed it to grow to a billion-dollar valuation. On this episode of Up Next in Commerce, Radis explains that when it comes to serving e-commerce brands, large and small, you have to do more than deliver products to them. You also have to help educate them. Primful is only successful if the companies it serves survive and thrive. And so when every nine out of 10 new e-commerce businesses fail, that could spell trouble. Radis explained that a lot of what Primful does is create content that not only helps the company rank on Google and bring in new customers, but also helps those customers figure out their footing in this crazy world of business. Enjoy the episode. Really quick, I want to say thank you, thank you to our awesome sponsor, Salesforce Commerce Cloud. And I'm going to allow them to give you the inside scoop into some of the findings from their most recent State of Commerce report. Hi, this is John from Salesforce. Did you know that companies of all sizes and industries power their digital customer journeys with Commerce Cloud? Salesforce Commerce Cloud delivers B2B and B2C commerce, as well as order management around the globe. And with Commerce Cloud, you can engage with your customers anywhere and personalize interactions everywhere. Scale and innovate with ease and drive some serious growth for your business. And speaking of innovation, we recently surveyed nearly 1,400 commerce leaders and analyzed the consumer shopping and business buying behavior of more than 1 billion customers worldwide. And we uncovered emerging trends that will influence how companies can be successful and stay ahead in this ever-evolving landscape. To check out the trends we discovered, go to sfdc.co slash commerceinsights. That's sfdc.co slash commerceinsights, one word. Before we dive into the episode, I want to let you in on a little secret. Did you know that Mission has the number one e-commerce newsletter? It's amazing. It has really good news and insights and case studies that you will not find anywhere else. So go subscribe, mission.org slash upnextincommerce. All right, on to the show. Hello, and welcome back to Up Next in Commerce. I'm your host, Stephanie Postles, CEO at mission.org. Today on the show, we have Rytus Purins, who currently serves as a head of marketing for Printful. Rytus, welcome. Uh, welcome. Glad to be on the show. Me too. I love that we're in completely opposite time zones right now, but somehow we made it work. Where are you calling from in the world? I'm uh, calling from Europe, from a pretty small country, Riga, Latvia. So uh, less than 2 million citizens, population. So, but uh, used, to, mm-hmm. used to working with the US, so it's not something uncommon if we are doing that. It's not, I'm doing it for the first time. Good. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're here. So I want to hear a bit about your background before you came to Printful. What were you doing before then? So uh, I've been in the, into the marketing for more than already, more than 10 years. I've also always been passionate about journalism. So I was into the writing. 
So I even started my own blog in 2004. Who knew that it will be one of the marketing strategies these days? But I had my own blog. I think I was 16. So I just wanted to practice writing. That was mm-hmm. only the way. There was no social media. Uh, but 10 years ago, uh, I lost my previous job and I was one of the first social media marketers 10 years ago. And I, I think just Facebook was around, maybe mm-hmm. Twitter, but mm-hmm. like no one can understand like if you want to start social media now, which, which channels you should use. And back then, I'm, I'm still joking around, like the social media strategy was you come to the office and you think, oh, what will I post it today? <laughs> so that was the social media strategy back then. Mm-hmm. It wasn't super exciting. So I was a media planner. Uh, I planned Facebook ads and then other local ads uh, for, for different media channels. And my last position before joining Printful was I was at local telecom company. I was a media and digital manager. So playing around with, with big budgets for a local market, but nothing you'd compare with an international company like Printful is now. Yeah, cool. So tell me a bit about what drew you to Printful because you know everything I'm reading, it's like, scaling like crazy. It's at, I think, over 800 employees now. I mean, it's getting a lot of revenue every single month. So what drew you there? Like, when did you join? Uh, it's, it's crazy. Uh, I will celebrate my fifth birthday this year. So Printful is eight Congrats. years old. I joined the team when the marketing team was just five people. So prior me, CEO managed the marketing team and I was the first head of marketing. I joined uh, with this title, but of course I was project manager. Mm-hmm. And what drew me to Printful, it's email from, from the CEO. <laughs> okay. So fun story, he, he read my blog. So actually blog helped me get, get this job. But uh, Latvia is a small country, so he was looking for someone who could join his team. So uh, he knew people, I, know, I knew people. So and uh, one email, one, uh, one interview, and I'm here. And probably my wildest dreams, I didn't think that will be in this position five years after, like a billion dollar worth valuation, 100 people on the marketing team. Pretty insane. I didn't think about that. So what does it look like today? I'm just imagining, you know, the world back then when you joined and kind of what your tasks were like when you were the first head of marketing to now with 100 people, like what did it look like then? And what does it look like now? Now probably I can be head of marketing. So uh, back <laughs> then it was just a title. And, and honestly, I was a uh, marketing project manager as, as it best. And actually it was any project manager. Mm-hmm. And the main goal is challenging the team to their next goal so that we are on top of the level what we're actually doing because you have, have to constantly challenge yourself. And as I'm saying that uh, that I'm real manager, that I can I know take a vacation for one two months and nothing will going to change. But you will start miss me after after a while. Yep. That's my job now. Back then, I was actually project manager. So earlier we were talking about platforms and you know what it used to be like when you were managing social media. But today there are so many channels that you can get on. And I know you've written a bit about TikTok and the engagement that you've seen on that platform. And I want to hear. A bit more about what platforms are you exploring right now and what are you seeing success with? Great question. There's so many platforms that you don't know actually with who to start. So mm-hmm. you can always go basic as, I don't know, still Instagram is our best performing social media channel in terms of actually social media. But you can also look on the social media in terms of the ads where still Facebook, Instagram is the king uh, from mm-hmm. our perspective. So uh, there will always be some sure deals about the channels, which will always work. So you can always, that's a good starting package, but then you should always test new channels. 
So you can learn about new channels. You don't, you will never know, is it going to work for you or not? We played around with TikTok. Uh, we're still not active there, but we play around with ads and we mm-hmm. learn a lot there. So we're still figuring out the channel is there's really the audience uh, which we want to work with. And very often the problem is that it's basically mob- just mobile. And try to launch your e-commerce store using just your mobile phone. You should better use desktop and that's one of the platforms. I know that most of people still use mobile. So it's always about testing new channels and playing on even with a clubhouse or like yeah. we don't know what will come up in a couple of years. I mean, I can see probably a big wave of people wanting to use you now, especially with so many, you know, entrepreneurs starting businesses, starting new, you know, D2C companies. What kind of inbound have you had around this new rise of, you know, everyone starting a company (laughs) or a brand or trying to launch a product? So uh, we are in a pretty great place uh, in terms of that. So that's probably also why we are so successful. Basically, this uh, terms, I know we, we love to use side hustling. It's a thing mm-hmm. in the U.S. It's uh, much more a thing than, for example, in Europe. Uh, we are now localizing also website in a couple of languages, and it's not we can't use the same methods as we did in the U.S. It's side hustling, but it's also that so many uh, new creators is made, and it's again thanks to social media that you can create content, but you again get create an audience. You can want to sell the merch to, to that audience, and that's also helping us. And it was much more complicated five, 10 years ago uh, that you had to basically contact a guy, (laughs) get a merch and then invest some kind of money. Now, the only thing you need is just your computer and you can start selling anything you want in any place of the world by just having an idea. You can test it. If it's not going to work, okay, lost your time. If if it works, we can scale up to, I know, a thousand items as you wish. Basically, no limits for that. Yeah. How are you finding these new customers, especially in an environment right now that I see is very competitive? I mean, to me, you guys were the first where Mm -hmm. you were the first ones who really let us, you know, let a business owner go on and be like, here's my design. I want to order this and just felt so easy. But now when you look around, it seems like there's a lot of companies trying to compete in this space. So how do you tailor your marketing message to these, you know, new potential customers in a way that's going to pull them to Printful instead of a competitor? So uh, we were probably a little bit lucky at the at the beginning. So we still our number one priority is performance marketing. So mm-hmm. very often people find us by Google just through SEO, like through SEO. So and mm-hmm. we are a pretty grateful place. At the start we were lucky, but now we are still continuing to invest more and more resources into that. So we are answered to people questions online. So that's a magical place to be in. So SEO is still, I'm saying, is, is the king, but uh, there's some kind of limits. So if you want to continue growing, you have to look in other directions as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, these days, of course, it's uh, trying to find audience, uh, maybe which are very often beginners who could potentially be interested. And we are doing that with ads, influencers, affiliate marketing. So we're also spending pretty big money on, on Google uh, ads, on Facebook, Instagram ads, so to actually find and continue growing. But that's actually the easiest part to find those customers. And then comes the challenge to onboard them. Because for you to start an e-commerce store, it's not like to buy something online from a mobile phone. There's a lot of, lot of decisions has to be made, you know, starting with, with your niche. What do you want to sell? Do you have designs? Those are even the basic questions. And that's why we invest a lot, a lot of research in actually educating them, creating YouTube content, blog content putting that in front of them at the right time during their onboarding flow. 
So that's the main challenge uh, for us. Otherwise, uh, not otherwise. It's it's the harsh reality that nine out of ten customers will fail. They will never to the place that to, you will launch successful e-commerce. So you can launch it. Maybe mom or dad will buy from you or your friends, but that's not the goal. Like, mm-hmm. don't don't make that your mom or dad is your only customer. <laughs> So, okay, to unpack that a bit, I want to go back to SEO because you'll probably talk to a lot of, you know, commerce companies and that's kind of like something that everyone wants, but don't really know how to figure out. I mean, if you're early, that's one thing, but then also creating good pieces of content and answering questions like you said. I mean, where are you answering these questions and how are you thinking about creating engaging content that keeps you up high in the rankings? At the start, we were lucky. So we were writing about topics which maybe there were not so much information about. Because like no one knows how you can actually, in reality, rank on Google. Mm -hmm. So you have to come up with the great content. So when these days uh, we have our top keywords you want to rank for, and we actively optimize our web page, our blog article, like creating more content about it, also Mm -hmm. some link building in it as well. And then we are looking out, hey, what what kind of work can we provide more value? So about what can we create additional article about or maybe landing page. So when we look potential, then we just create it and that constantly in repeating again and again. Another thing, uh, there's uh, much less competition in other languages. So Printful now is available in eight languages. And that's also one of the strategies. Why are launching new languages? To get more people to our website. It's, it's not such a big competition as an English language to acquire more customers. Of course, interest is not there yet. Mm-hmm. And I even don't know how it's print on demand in other languages, but uh, something we're also actively investing in. And uh, that's one of the cornerstones. So, for example, we have our basic package to launch a new language. It's two content marketers. At the start, they actually are localizers or translators, plus the SEO person. So we hit the right keywords since from the beginning uh, mm-hmm. when we launched websites. So we get the maximum effect out of it. Got it. And how many pieces of content are you putting out every week or every month? I mean, what does it look like to stay relevant? A lot. So um, for example, uh, for the blog, we have two pieces a week in English and one one content per language as well. So that's a minimum. Very often it's optimization. So we created a content a while ago and now we invest time to update it. And we actually created our own in-house landing page generator. Otherwise, as everything is custom-made, printful.com. So it took us a lot of resources, designers, developers to launch page. So I think we launch a couple of landing pages every week now, if we count other languages though, because it's easy to do. Um, But now we're going back to the audit, looking back, okay, what can we improve? And it's uh, it's not just about SEO. Probably the easiest part is rank on different keywords, but when it comes to the converting the web, converting the user who visits your website. So that's another... I know, piece where you have to invest your time as well, making sure that you get the web, get the visitor to your website and actually he he does what you actually want him to do, creates an account and then launches mm-hmm. store. So I have a great SEO team and they understand that they have to invest also in is a conversion rate as well, not just getting the traffic. There's no value about that. I always think it's smart when I see people have like companies having me design something first and like getting invested in it where I'm like, ah, there's my beautiful t-shirt or my blanket. And they're like, okay, are you ready to order? Now you need to get an account. Something that kind of pulls me in and what feels like a pretty easy conversion to like trying it out, seeing what it looks like, what, you know, what the experience is going to be like. And then it's pretty instant to want to convert to a, you know, buy it and have a paid account. Is that kind of how you guys 
think about things? Or are you testing a bunch of different funnels? It's, it's uh, the readiness and which stage people come to the website. They're totally, totally different. So, mm-hmm. and not always um, you have even a design what you want to put on the product. So, mm-hmm. and then uh, one of the now corner pieces, we are also investing a lot of resources. Other teams are investing is bring your own design maker so that we actually fix this problem that anyone with even minimum design knowledge can come up with a beautiful design which they want to put a shirt or a phone case. Mm-hmm. So that's is one thing. Uh, and then, yeah, we try to engage them. So first of all, we try to sell the idea. It's easy. But when you actually start doing that, because if you want to launch a store, it's not just enough with one design. So we try to motivate them, keep him engaged. So we launched loyalty program as well, that you do something we reward with, with points and that you I know, don't want to leave us and you're still continuing investing. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing is, for example, we also have you know, sample orders. So it's, uh, if, you're not, if you can't get into the people inboxes with your email marketing, because people have to opt in for that, maybe it'll get in your mailbox <laughs> with the sample order after that. So somehow to remind them about us in the different stages so to keep them interested. Can interest the people in design, but you have to have something to put on. You have to have some kind of idea. Yep, I'm the uh, high intent, ready to buy user who already has my designs, ready to put them on. I already know what I want. But what seems to be an interesting challenge, I don't know, I'm sure you guys think about it too. Earlier, you were talking about, you know, nine out of 10 businesses fail. And what does that look like afterwards? And I'm just thinking about like, okay, how do you think about optimizing for lifetime value of that customer? Also knowing, you know, the odds are not in their many people's favor when they're launching a new business. Like, how do you guys think about what happens after that? They launch their first store, they're trying to sell, maybe they don't get it in front of a bunch of people. Do you all even, you know, have a way where you kind of come after the fact and try and support or? I, w- I, w- I, w- I would like to be an Etsy. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> then I could just pour some money into the ads and uh, yeah. get people to buy from the seller. But I'm not. Mm-hmm. So we are white label company. So maybe even ordered something from us. You have no idea. It came from Printful. It came from that small merchant. Mm-hmm. And uh, how we are helping helping them as pushing them, educating them. Very often, the marketing team teaches others how to do marketing. Mm-hmm. Have offered different I know, Google coupons, AdRail coupons for them to actually try to do something with the marketing there. But mm-hmm. that's the hardest part. And then and, and my suggestion to anyone who, who are getting just started. So I think I believe the best combination that you get someone who understands how internet works and you mm-hmm. get an artist and you put that t- together, you can launch a successful store. Then becomes a challenge to get someone to your website who are interested in buying that product for that particular price and the design as well. So that's 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 the hardest challenge and, and it's not easy. Hey there, are you enjoying the show so far? Well, imagine your company's advertising placed right in this very spot during a future interview with another elite e-commerce mind. Imagine your messaging and logo directly connected to the industry's most prominent innovators and thought leaders distributed across every major podcast platform and social network. Yeah, well, it's time to stop imagining. Learn how you can partner with Upnext in Commerce and sponsor this very show. Reach out to me at stephanie at mission.org and let's have a conversation. Yeah, we used you guys on our website. I mean, it was essentially, yeah, essentially like that. We had our store and it did look very much, I mean, it was like white, white label. It looked like mission stuff. Every time someone would order, it would be drop shipped to them. It worked beautifully. And the whole time I was just wondering, 
how do they do this? Like, how do they, you know, ship to someone in Europe, to someone in California, and just it all works so seamlessly. So I want to kind of hear the behind the scenes there of how do you, you know, think about logistics and fulfillment? Like, how do you get everything to work so nicely? Uh, when when someone asks about this, I'm saying that it's because of the developers. And then and, and it's that developers learned or basically learn themselves how to print something on a t-shirt without leaving their computer. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. All right. Now we know that's the secret. (laughs) So, but in reality is a lot, a lot of people in the fulfillment uh, facilities. We, I think now we have already nine fulfillment centers globally. And Mm -hmm. I know that there's uh, some of them still in the process to be open in the next couple of months. But that's learning by doing. We started small. We're just constantly investing more and more resources and development because mm-hmm. uh, we have a team of more than 100 developers. And a lot of them works uh, with, with printers, with stock ordering. Uh, we even have our own warehousing app that if you order something printful, you will see who picked the shirt. There will be name written, who checked the quality and who shipped it. So mm-hmm. we can follow all the details. And that's something you also can see um, I know how much time he, she or he spent on the, on the process and we can constantly optimize that. And there's comes different challenges and that's easy to be oper- team operations because they constantly have to understand, okay, do we have enough orders? Do we have enough people to fulfill the orders? So that's their challenge. My goal is to bring as much volume as they can and not too much as well. That was also a challenge last year when uh, e-commerce boomed. And for a couple of months, we did anti-marketing even, anti-marketing. Less orders for the operations team. Otherwise, some people had to wait for two months to actually get a t-shirt. So what kind of shakeups did you experience over the last year? And did you make changes that are going to be go-for changes? Or was it more just like a hiccup in time and now you're back to kind of operating as you did? It allowed to scale their business a lot. At the start, of course, it went down and Mm -hmm. we did not send wet. And with all the... Restrictions place. I think in one week, my team shut down both facilities in the US because mm-hmm. non essential businesses were not able to work. And then, as people understand what's happening, demand went up. And then we had to figure out how can we fulfill all those incoming orders with limited resources as well. Mm-hmm. So, the one, what we did, we stopped all the ads marketing because people found us natural organically. But for a couple of months, we didn't even spend a dime on, on performance marketing because, because we didn't need the volume. So we yeah. had to be much more careful. And what we did, we again, it was a priority before as well, but we started more focusing on other markets besides the US, where maybe station was a little bit more stable and we were able to get more volume. So we just changed their mindset to different markets as well. Mm-hmm. So how can we I know, rank for more keywords in, 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 I know, in Canada and in Spain and Germany? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's probably, again, is the same story. Let's not keep the old eggs in the same basket. So how can we differentiate the risks from different perspectives? And that we are constantly keeping it in mind. If there's a facility shutdown in California, do we have another I know, printer also in Charlotte? We can also... Mm-hmm. And the same same product, so that's probably is uh, learning to learn one learning to stay. When it comes to consumer preferences, what does it look like? You know, from your customers in Germany versus, I mean, the U.S. It seems probably pretty obvious of what people want from you guys, but do you see different preferences from people in Europe or you know anywhere else you sell around the world? 
So still, with, with the, from from product perspective, still the T-shirt, still mm-hmm. the go-to product. It's it's how people understand and how people usually start. So there's not a major difference in, in terms of that. Probably from how people use us uh, and more in the US, they start their own business, so they start their own side hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're often in Europe, how we can uh, see that that they monetize their existing business or audience. Like for example, Japan is totally a different market. They even you know launch launch their uh, merch line for their bar or some something like that. So it's, it's it's super strange. I believe they will sooner. I know they will never leave their own job and start their own side hustle. So that's mm-hmm. not the goal for them. So different reasons why they're looking for something like this. And mm-hmm. we want to encourage more people to start their own business, especially artists, uh, which has the design, just learn how to basically monetize your art and then mm-hmm. sell to the audience. Yeah, that seems like a, a good challenge. Like thinking about, you know, places like Japan, like how do you, you know, kind of showcase them maybe resources or content that does kind of encourage them to, you know, be a little risky. Like you still don't have to leave your job, but you can maybe try something out. Like, because there are a lot of artists there. But it definitely feels like a different kind of vibe of what are they willing to do to maybe, you know, take a risk, spend a little bit of money, see if someone will buy it. What are you guys doing to kind of, you know, help nudge that a bit of like everyone can start a business? It's a learning curve. So first of all, they have to trust us as well. So that's also a huge thing. And then, then, uh, for example, in Japan, also in Germany, it's also Mm -hmm. a thing that they they want, they should trust us. Otherwise, they will not give us their business. Mm -hmm. So when in Japan, we're still looking for the answer. Uh, yeah. how can we do that? So we are there. If someone's searching for us, they will find us, but not enough people are searching for that. So that mm-hmm. working with influencers, working more on, on brand marketing as well, not so much on, on the awareness. So generally playing on the YouTube ads, like letting more people know about that who could potentially be interested in us. So when learning like Japanese UXUI, if you will open our first page in Japanese, it look totally different than, than, than any, any, any other language. But that's something that's required for for Japanese audience for us to be relevant to them. Yeah, that's an interesting challenge to think about how to approach that. Um, you've mentioned influencers a couple of times, and I want to hear how you guys are exploring those partnerships. What does it look like? I'd love to hear behind the scenes there. So uh, usually when you mention influencers, you think about Instagram and then pretty images there. So mm-hmm. we have tested that, but it's really hard to measure that uh, and then see the result. In our case, the best working influencer is e-commerce influencer, the person who creates those YouTube videos, educating content about how you can launch your site or launch your business. And also our affiliate programs helping with that. So and it's not just you could be our affiliate and just put a link on the social media. Hey, here's Pinfall, start your own store. The most successful are those who actually educate their audience and then guide them through the process how to launch their store. And those are the influencers we want to work with. And we have seen the best success uh, in the past. So and it's a combination of affiliate plus influencers actively reaching out to them. Love that. So that's more of the how-to, like someone who's looking for, okay, how do I actually start a business? What website do I use? Like the really nitty-gritty influencers who maybe aren't the biggest ones, but the people who are kind of talking through exactly how to do it. And then at a certain point, they're going to say, and if you want swag, you would yeah, use Printful. Yeah. Or- uh, it's it's not the famous people who we see on TV. It's those who are smart and educate others. So maybe they have a Facebook group. Maybe they have a YouTube following and they create content about not their vlog life, but but something specific. Mm-hmm. So those, those we see the most success. Cool. So I have one more question for you before we get into the lightning round. Okay. It's where do you see Printful headed over the next 
one to three years? Like, what are you guys aiming for? Constantly, I'm onboarding my my team. And in Latvia, you have to think small because the market is small. But I have to remind always that for Printful, sky's the limit because we're a global company. And I'm saying that we have a valuation of billion dollars, but we can be also a billion dollar company in terms of revenue. So that's the goal. And in some way, we want to be next to Amazon. We're on demand. So that's what can we together achieve as a team in the future. Love that. It's a good goal. All right. Next up is the lightning round. The lightning round is brought to you by Salesforce Commerce Cloud. This is where I ask you a question and you have a minute or less to answer. Are you ready? Yes. All right. What's one thing you're secretly curious about? I'm curious about superpowers. There will be ever people able to fly or be okay. uh, and a little bit of the Harry Potter type of things. That's good. I mean, I love Harry Potter too, so I'm not going to hate on that. That's good. What is your favorite marketing advice that you give to other people? I very often hear that people say that from different marketing teams that I don't have the budget. Of course, you have to invest something in the marketing because you will not see the return of your ad spend or marketing spend on the next day. But you have to show how marketing is helping achieve company's goal. That how you are measuring that, that you show that, hey, my boss, let's invest more in the marketing and you will see how I'll bring more sales. So you have to show how your marketing team is helping your company achieve their goals. Yeah, love that. If you were to have a podcast, what would it be about? About successful stories, e-commerce stories, mm-hmm. um, because one of the things why I allow working in the marketing, helping people uh, achieve their goals. And because we are solving some kind of problem to that, and I'm not just selling something bad. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I love to see how uh, we market a good product and then hear how they succeed with that. And then, and, uh, so that's, that's great. And I would like to hear more about that. I love that. All right. And then what's one piece of advice that was given to you that you always remember? It can be business or personal. I have learned so much in, in the past uh, years that even I know what I learned on myself or from others. Feedback. But something probably I learned on my own, but uh, and feedback is important in any 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 basically relationship, either it's with the loved ones, uh, my wife, or, or at work. So you have to talk and you have to provide feedback. By talking, anything will happen just faster and quicker, and you will not have to basically guess. I know I love the example that those socks stay there. I know they're staying there for for one week, and then I know my wife wants me to understand that, but you can just say that and it will be just much easier. And that's also in a job. Just talk about your problems, about things that are happening. Yeah, that's great. All right, Raidus, this has been an awesome interview. Thank you for taking the time at the end of your day. Where can people find out more about you and Printful? Printful.com, easy, or just search on Google Printful and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and also just add me on LinkedIn. I love to brag about the company, so you'll learn a lot about Printful there. Amazing. Thanks so much. Thanks. It was a blast. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, you'll probably also love our e-commerce newsletter. To get it delivered straight to your inbox every week, sign up at mission.org slash upnextincommerce.
thank you for checking out another epic hour of business insights and inspiration on the Up Next in Commerce podcast. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in partnering with us to bring your brand to a growing audience of e-commerce experts, reach out to me at stephanie at mission.org to get the conversation started.